Hi there. Welcome to listeners from across the globe. My name is Allison Nune, and this is Best Damn Reality, a new podcast intending to help bridge the spiritual and material worlds. Each week, I invite you to join me and to suspend all preconceived notions, to open your minds and your hearts to seeing everything from a much faster perspective. Should you be enticed enough, please also consider visiting me on my YouTube channel and on my business Facebook page, both under the name Allison Nune. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Episode 7, Anything is Possible. Welcome back to Week 7 of Best Damn Reality's Existence, a new podcast by a relative nobody existing right now in the here and now moment as these episodes are being recorded, very likely with less than five people listening each week. So it continues to be a journey for me to do this with so little reflection, so little feedback in kind of the live moment of it taking place or within a short period of time of these recordings taking place, having no idea who it's reaching, how it's affecting them, if what I'm intending to come through is being received in any way on the listener's end in the way that I'm intending and dreaming of it being received. Um, And mostly it's just challenging because I have to be detached from any expectations um, pertaining to what these recordings specifically or and or what the podcast in general is taking me towards. Because clearly for me, it's a step towards the creation, the ability to attract an opportunity for what I'm still longing for and desiring in this physical existence, which is a chance to show my kind of work, how I choose to define work. And without going off on that tangent, um, let me get to the title. The phrase, anything is possible, is a beautiful segue and connects us perfectly with the end of last week's episode as I culminated talking about my experience, present day experience and vision in a general way of my presence within the world of Iron Man. A very, very, very powerful, well, it was a very powerful company. Everything is being shifted right now, so truly have no idea what it's going to become or what it will be after COVID time, but pre-COVID time, Iron Man in its own regard could be put on the same level, if you will, as Microsoft. The company and my particular experience, my specific experience of working there for 12 months when I first moved to Seattle in 2011, that is the topic of today's episode, primarily centering around Microsoft. But the title of the episode 
is the tagline for the company that most represents my present day connections, my present day sort of energy, like where my energy is, what I'm connected to most directly here in 2020 is the world of Ironman and connecting it to the place energetically where my spiritual journey, where I began to integrate my newly found spiritual essence after my awakening. My awakening happened when I had stopped working for the first time in my life, consciously took a year off to put myself to figure out how to heal myself enough to get back on a path of happy because I wasn't and hadn't been for a long time. So I was not working when my awakening happened. My awakening was timeline shift. No one could tell on the outside, but I knew I was now proceeding on a completely different timeline of Allison's life. And the first place that I got to play with this was in Seattle, Washington, working for Microsoft. And it is challenging for me to even know where to begin in trying to speak of, oh my gosh, um, let me first start with how and why I landed in Seattle. And, you know, before I kind of dive into Seattle and the mountains and Microsoft and my awakening story beginning with all of those things nine years ago, I, I also want to link together one more piece in this little chain. Iron Man, Microsoft, and the organic farm at which I am also presently integrated. In fact, because of the COVID virus, I am now... The farm now is back to representing as much as I try to depart from the farm is representing the biggest way that I'm interacting out in the world right now. End of July. No, we're in August. Good God. We're already almost mid-August. Mid-August 2020. The farm. And I have not, I do not even think I've mentioned the farm yet in the podcast. Um, yet. This hippie organic farmer, there is no doubt in my mind, he represents the same magnitude of energy that is represented by Microsoft on the intellectual mental side, Iron Man on the physical side, can say mental, physical, so you can kind of connect those, right? Use the mental side of the intellectual aspects of Microsoft and tie that in to the physical side, the physical and mental required in the world of Iron Man. And then I'm going to tie the physical part into the spiritual aspect of what is represented by this organic farm of which I've been a part in some capacity since 2008, when I first moved to Sarasota. And I was moving to Sarasota knowing it was a temporary move the first time or wanting it 
to be a temporary move because I knew out west was calling me. But it wasn't until round one in Sarasota, 2008 to 2010, and the healing that began to take place almost immediately upon arriving, leaving, that was the last time I worked a quote-unquote regular job, was as a teacher teaching sixth-grade geography in Plant City, Florida. I only taught for two years after finishing my graduate degree. It was not at all allowing me, yet again, another work environment where I was so far from thriving in that work environment, simultaneously being called more and more so by my true calling. And my inner, my, my stepping stone was Sarasota. Inspired, the move was entirely inspired by my youngest brother, who at that time was the brightest light of my life. He was, there was nobody else in my life that I had a relationship with that I knew of who was out there genuinely trying to live his uniqueness. He too, he was aware much, much, much younger than me. Both of my younger brothers were much more aware of sort of the, they had an awareness of that veil and of the illusion of reality and that there was a lot more going on. Neither one of those guys were anywhere near as mainstream in a general way of describing it as mainstream as I was and very resistant. Neither one of them has barely touched in to any semblance of mainstream work in their adult lives. My, uh, and my youngest brother was, had started a nonprofit. He had started this little delivery business associated with the farm and it was under his sort of guidance and inspiration. And he made the suggestion. He said, I think you're going to love the farm. You need to come down and check this out. And I was taking a leap. All I knew was that if teaching, if I couldn't be happy or feel myself able to genuinely be able to thrive in a career like teaching, I knew I had a much bigger issue on my hands. And come to find out, it was because I always knew on some level I was never, ever intended to fit into that mainstream model. Again, I come back to the phrase, anything is possible. I live that and believe that to such a degree that the massive amount of constrictions that exist in all of our reality, but most especially in highly successful corporate realities, there's not a lot of room in much, in many jobs, almost all jobs. In fact, every job I've ever had. I've been limited and unable to keep pursuing that anything is possible because I take that belief into everything that I'm doing and I'm constantly seeking to expand and to, you know, that again, it comes back to that athlete within me, sort of, it's not to make it perfect, but it's to find the best, most efficient flow of energy with whatever I'm associated with. And inevitably, that involves people, that involves ideas, that involves the practical third dimension tools through which we put all of that together 
whatever your capital is, if you will. Yet I was, I, I just, you know, I, I was never intended to fit in. So the farm in Sarasota is where that was my first step of following something bigger than me. And it really came out of desperation. It was really because I was so unhappy and could not see a happy path at all on what represented my life mid-2008 when I was leaving teaching. So I took the step, landed at the farm, and met our farmer and began working first as the payroll manager and the bookkeeper for the farm. And then within a month, two months, I was asked to work in the fields and without going off on that tangent, without doubt the spiritual awakening that would happen, my point of no return that would take place just two years later, the farm, the people I met at the farm, the energy of the city of Sarasota, all of those things were huge contributors. And yes, I would put this hippie farmer on the exact same energetic level as the powerful world of Microsoft and the powerful world of Iron Man. And then I would add the energy that is coming through the character known as Allison. I put that on the same level. And what I represent, if we look at these four general areas of mental, Microsoft, physical, Iron Man, spiritual, farm, emotional is Allison and the, and the world of her company of, which is just my name, Allison Irene Nune, LLC. And I'm laying it out like this because I need to start connecting to the specific ideas. We're now in the second half of these first 12 episodes, which I've said all along are best intended, are best able to be understood and received. And the intention is for one to be able to somehow, if they're drawn even just a little, to somehow find a way to stick through these first 12 episodes. Ideally in order, keeping in mind that these are words, yes, but they are words leading towards very specific ideas, practical ideas, bridging together, at the most general level, the spiritual and the material worlds. But within the material world, the company of me, my company of me, is intended to bridge together multiple segments within the material world. Hence, why each episode is focusing on one big segment of society through the character of Allison's specific experiences within that segment. And I knew then on a much lesser extent that I was not landing in Microsoft accidentally. But now looking back and where I am now, oh, there's just, again, there's no doubt that I touched down there for some sort of reason beyond just what was on the surface, a job for me, 
that was offered to me, that is in and of itself one of the first examples I had post-awakening of, as soon as you start to relinquish control, Allison, and stop being this control freak, believing that you can control anything, really, the illusion that we have control over anything outside of us is just that. It's an illusion. And as you begin to hone in more on what you can control, which is your individual vessel, and relinquish control of what's going on outside of you to this all that is greater than energy, it begins to reveal itself immediately to you how real it is that there is a master beautiful plan and learning to align with it and co-create with it not only makes life easier, but the magnitude of the beauty is almost beyond imagination. Two days before I was set to leave Michigan, where I had spent my year of healing, mid-2010 to mid-early 2011, came back to Florida to work St. Anthony's, worked a few other races before my three-week solo journey that I took on the way to Seattle. Arriving in Seattle around 6 p.m. on June 29, 2011. Had the interview with Microsoft on July 1st. Essentially knew then almost immediately that I was to get this job. And the job was offered to me two days before leaving Michigan by my best childhood best friend, with whom I had arranged to be living with upon moving to Seattle until I was settled on my own, her husband, who of course I had known for a long time, a lot of years, I had completely forgotten that there was a, I didn't even think of asking him for a job. The, The pressure of having to find a job was really released because of the fact that I knew I had a place to stay. And I, so I didn't have to have all this worry of how am I get, you know, rent to pay and needing a job to pay rent because I was staying at my friend's house and it was open-ended. There was not, I knew I wanted to be out of there within a month, but they, the family was not putting that pressure on me. And a couple of days before I left Michigan, I get a phone call from my, from this friend and she puts her husband on and, and, and he's like, listen, I just got approval for to have an administrator, to have a, a basically a secretary. I know you're overqualified, but you know, you don't have a job yet, right? Would you, you know, would you consider doing this working for me despite, you know, despite knowing that you're overqualified for it? And instantly I knew the answer was yes. And interesting that it paid me more couple thousand dollars more per year than a master's degree teaching did in Florida. And I was working literally 80 hours a week as a teacher and going to a 40, a straight 40 hour a week job. Like for the first time in my life, it was a job where I wasn't bringing work home with me and constantly feeling the stress of work all the time. Being an administrator, it literally was a straight 40 hour a week job. No stress on the job, no work to bring home. It was one of the primary reasons I had such a fantastic 14 months out there when I was in Seattle before I unexpectedly landed back in Florida. So 
Oh, God. So the first, you know, again, right there, off the bat, fell in my lap, landed, you know, just landed in my, in my lap. So the whole effort of trying to find a job and really, you know, I, I remember having the list uh, on my list of trying to get, look into what I was going to need to do to become certified to be a teacher in the state of Washington. And every time I would start to pursue finding that information, I couldn't go. I couldn't do it. Like, it was just like... Everything within me was like, no, that's not what you, you, that, that is not where you're supposed to be. That is not what you want to be doing. That's not what's going to allow you to thrive. And I, I, I knew that so far, but I hadn't gotten, and I knew that I had a dream of, I knew I was entrepreneurial. I knew that as well. So I was actually looking, thinking of looking, I knew Costco was based out there. I thought I could get maybe a warehouse job at night so that I could leave my days free to work on my, my dreams. Like I've, I've know, I knew that going out there. This was all, you know, again, this was post-awakening. I was heart wide open, loving life in a way, oh my God, like in a way I had not really touched yet as an adult. Had the most fantastic three-week journey traveling out there. I stopped and saw every family member, of which I had a ton, on the journey from Sarasota, Florida, all the way to Seattle, Washington. My aunt and uncle in Dallas, Texas. My aunt and uncle in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My five or six cousins in Denver, Colorado and Boulder, Colorado, and then I had four and a half days completely alone in the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone where I day hiked and, oh God, it was amazing. And from there, I had four and a half days entirely alone in Glacier National Park. Nine days where I hiked something like, oh my God, it was like knocking on 200 miles had taken almost a thousand pictures of nature, was happier than I had ever been in my life and knew I had stumbled upon something when I noticed on that trip that for the first time in my life, I didn't have the thought, oh, this would be perfect if only I was sharing it or if only this, if only that. It was the first time that I was able to be fully present entirely on my own and focus on how amazing that present moment was and for the first time to be able to not focus on any aspect that wasn't the dream. In this case, the fact that I was all alone, no partner, no mate, which I still very much desire in this life. But having that experience in June of 2011, told me I was definitely on a different timeline of my own life. I was definitely on the path to creating a very different reality for myself. But I was a newbie. Yes, I'm an extremely fast learner with a very powerful mind and have always had a huge heart. And I've always been pretty much consciously on a, on a very near fully conscious level connected to spirit in, in ways that I would say is, 
I hate saying it like this, but like above normal. Like I've been dialed in to something much bigger since I was, you know, almost for this entire life. But I hadn't been dialed into it for a lot of years until my point of no return, November 18th, 2010, spiritual awakening. And I definitely had a fantastic following five months in Michigan as I met up with former teachers and reunited with certain classmates and expressed things to family members that I had never expressed, just feeling love and appreciation and gratitude for anything and everything that had happened that got me exactly to where I was in the early spring of 2011, which I felt like I had been born again. And I embark on this new journey, first down to Florida for four to six weeks. Actually, it was more than that because it was mid-April. What am I talking about? Mid-April to early June. So six weeks. Yeah, six weeks I was in Florida. And then packed up, shipped everything on the container, and my journey west began following a calling and never intending to move back to Florida. And upon arriving on June 29th into Seattle, never in my life, in this life, had my soul felt as much at home as I felt immediately, really just as soon as I entered the Washington state lines. But I loved it out there. I am definitely a mountain woman. I love the energy of the mountains one of my favorite movies growing up was The Goonies. And in our, the place I ended up renting with one of my cousins, I felt like I was in Goonies every single day. We were on the top floor of this double, you know, uh, multi-floored house. And we rented the top and then another couple we didn't know rented the bottom. And they had huge windows in our living room. And I was on the back end of Queen Anne overlooking Fremont. And I was literally in heaven. I had to pinch myself every day. I just, I was in such a place of joy. Two of my closest cousins, first cousins, were out there. One male from my mom's side and one female from my dad's side. And seeing them in the evenings and having a regular relationship with both of them as adults for the first time was enough to make, like, I, I, I'm sitting here reminiscing on it now and I, I miss it so much. But know that where I am now is where I'm intended to be. But I also was where exactly where I was intended to be at that time because the energy reboot, the inspiration that came within the halls of Microsoft was palpable, genuine, the real deal, the intellectual energy. I was on such a, it was, it was amazing. I had not yet graced a work environment with people that were as, you know, and again, I I hesitate to say it like this, but on the same level intellectually. I remember thinking the contrast immediately between the halls of Microsoft and the halls of my school where I was a teacher. 
I'm, I walk through Microsoft, I'm like, this is what a school should feel like. And this is not anywhere near what the hallways of my school felt like. Microsoft was, it was igniting. It was dynamic. It was, it was high performing. And me being wired in all those ways, it, I just had not yet because when I landed in the corporate world, here's, here's the difference. I was smack dab in the corporate world, but I knew that I was not there for the first time trying to play a game that I wasn't intended to play. I didn't know why I was there. I didn't know for how long I was going to be there. I was like, I was like flying in the wind for the first two years of my awakening. I was so naive and so free. I really didn't have a clue yet. I just knew I was experiencing. It was like the ultimate of my dreams had come true. I had gotten to the point where I net, I swear to God, I didn't know if I was ever going to be happy again. I had been so unhappy at my depths and so alone for so long that what I was experiencing was it was just, and again, I'm hypersensitive, so I'm feeling it. It was, it was so fulfilling simply being in my present moment with no clear vision yet. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I knew that one day I was going to have my own company, but it wasn't formulated at all yet beyond that. I knew now that that was my future and that I didn't have to fit in to this corporate structure. But I just had to leap and learn how to be with this happiness, really, with this joy. It was so new to me. And it allowed for every single, even the most minute of experiences, <laughs> to feel like, like, you know, like it was just, I just remember like slowing down. Like I didn't have any of the pressure on myself. I was taking in every new aspect, walking everywhere, engaging with people and just having a conversation at the checkout counter, at the library across in Fremont, having these most, like each interaction was more potent than the next one. And it seemed like everybody out there was you know, concerned and loved the environment and valued nature, which was really important to me. And I could, you know, again, that like fed my soul. And there was something about seeing such magnificent nature right there in the city. And I remember biking into Microsoft for the first time. It was a 26-mile bike ride one way and seeing Rainier, as I turned the corner on the path, this one segment of this path that I took. And, you know, Rainier doesn't make an appearance. In the summertime, you see Rainier a lot. But in those other nine months, it is way more statistically likely that you're not going to see Rainier. And the first time on my first bike ride, Rainier made an appearance. And I, I, I almost came off on my bike. 
Like, I, I, I could feel it. It was like the energy was like pulsating in my heart. And I felt like my heart was going to just burst out of my chest. And there are so many parts of the Microsoft experience that I could highlight. In fact, it very well may be that this podcast inspires me to do a number of other recordings this week. And for the first time, I may release recordings in between the primary episodes. You know, and this would be like episode 6, 7.1, 7.2. All tangenting off of the Microsoft experience. But let me try to highlight some of the, you know, what, perhaps the biggest highlight. One of the hardest things right off the bat was how humbling it was. I remember catching myself because, you know, I mean, again, whether people tend to not forget me for one reason or another, you know, like I'm this spastic little five foot nothing ball of energy wherever I go. And especially if you catch me when I'm new somewhere like I was at Microsoft and I was exponentially, you know, ignited at Microsoft because I was not only new to Microsoft, I was new to Seattle. I was new to actually following my heart and my calling and not doing and trying to answer a call that was coming from outside of me, but answering a call that was coming from my heart in my move to Washington. And I was off, fresh off of my spiritual awakening. So I probably almost looked like I was floating through the halls because that's exactly how I felt. And I had a job that I could do standing on my head. So in essence, I was, you know, 20 hours of my 40 hours was actually doing my job. And the other 20 hours, I got to be like, I was like the morale person. I got to bop around. I was one of four admins. They called them admins. I was one of four on a team of about 300 plus. And I landed in the organization within Microsoft that was headed up by the youngest vice president in the company. He was in his early 40s, and his reputation through my best friend's husband preceded him. And while I wasn't his admin, I was my friend's husband's admin, I got to sit in their room for their staff meeting. They called them their directs. So this head vice president had something like I want to say was uh, six, six people, maybe seven, that reported directly to him. And they had a weekly staff meeting. And as the admin for one of those direct reporters, I got to sit in on that meeting. And I didn't care that I was the lowest part of this totem pole, that I was the low end of the hierarchy here, the lowest of low. Contract admin. I wasn't even a full-time administrator. I was a contractor under a year contract. But I was in the room. And I had the opportunity to witness a guy that had spent his whole career at Microsoft, which in and of itself was rare still, even in 2011, to spend your whole career at one employer. It's almost unheard of these days. And because he had done that, he had gotten to the level of vice president at a younger age than anybody in the company had thus far. You're talking about one of the biggest, most powerful companies in the world. 
the youngest vice president in that company, and I'm on his team and in that room having the opportunity to observe how he leads and how he does business just after a spiritual awakening, knowing at the most general level that I am on that level too. I don't know what. It doesn't look like it does in the mainstream world, so I'm never going to be able to point it. But clearly, I was having this opportunity for a reason much beyond me, and I knew it. And I knew my only job was be humble, be appreciative, be grateful, and observe. And just enjoy this experience. Don't be connected to it. But it was a challenge at first because I would meet people and they would ask, you know, like kind of like, what's your story type thing? And I caught myself, I don't think I did it more than two times where I would start almost making excuses for myself because I was only an admin. And let me pause there for a moment to give a shout out to all of those on the lowest level of these hierarchies. Because far, far, far more often than not, I want to say almost damn 100% of the time, the work that the bottom of the pyramids are doing is unbelievably important. The top of the pyramid wouldn't exist without what happens on the bottom of the pyramid. Yet the bottom of the pyramid doesn't get the pay, doesn't get the recognition, doesn't get the respect. And it was tough falling into the judgment of that as I was that. And it was one of the very first huge conscious exercises of separating from my ego, of learning how to speak less and just be and see myself knowing that I didn't need the hierarchy. I didn't, I mean, I couldn't. I was already way behind in that game. But that was a really tough thing to, to begin to realize there. But I, I caught it very early on. And just reminded myself, it doesn't matter how low you are. It doesn't matter that nobody sees your power or your light or knows who you are or, or understands what your true desires or abilities are. You are in the room. Learn. Learn. Observe. Experience. And just be. And it was off the charts. Amazing. And I have in front of me right here my notebook. I, I, <laughs> everywhere I go, and it continues to this day, and it started when I was home at my mom's healing in 2010. I started these notebooks and constantly journaling ideas, phrases, write like all sorts of things. And I've got in front of me and then I would carry them with me and I would revisit them and I could see the evolution of my own life, how I was physically manifesting things that were once just words in my notebook. And I've got my notebook in front of me right now from when I landed in Washington at Microsoft and some of my earliest ideas of how I could integrate, integrate my unique skill set, my unique calling coming from more of the spiritual, emotional side of the human equation, and how I could integrate that into more of the 
masculine energy, physical dimension, business, corporate, you know, more of that structured left brain model. My, some of my first ideas of how, how I could uniquely offer my services if a company wanted to expand itself to be more well-rounded on the emotional and spiritual side. All of that began in the halls of Microsoft. And when I left Microsoft, I had to leave for a three-month period. The contracting uh, category of which I was in, there were a couple of different types of contractors you could be at Microsoft. The one that I was, where my job fell under, meant that I had to go away for at least three months before I could begin another contract. So I worked a 12-month contract from July 25th, 2011 to July 25th, 2012. And I came back to Florida on August 8th, on the red-eye flight on August 8th. I did not have a return flight. But I had every intention of returning. The intention was definitely, if I thought anything, the only expectation I had when I got on that plane was that I would be returning for at least one more year working for somebody else before I could begin to break off and try to create something for myself. And yet, I got on that plane. I arrived around 10.30 in the morning on August 9th, and everything changed within three weeks. Within three weeks, I knew I was not going back to Microsoft. And less than a few months later is when I landed back in Sarasota and everything took off with my company of me. And the inspiration that I felt, the ideas that were going through me and the drive I had to manifest this enormous world vision for myself. And it literally was a world vision. The tagline for my little company of me when I first started was achieving world peace in one, week, in one year's time. Achieving world peace in one year's time was my tagline for my first company. Yeah, I definitely had some maturing to do and some wisdom to gain on my journey and some balancing to do within my ego and spiritual components of myself. But the vision has always been massive. My energy that I'm able to channel is massive. I have not crossed paths in these powerful places accidentally. And now it's time to put it all together. A couple of other things, and again, I, I'm barely touching on, there's so many specific stories that I could touch upon from that year at Microsoft. I met two women that I thought I would never not be friends with. I loved these ladies. They both felt like they had been sisters in a previous life. And I, I, I could go off on why neither of those relationships existed less than two years later. I could talk about the fact that yet again, I was in a heavily dominated masculine uh, business, industry, company, and team. Very few females were on that team of over 300. Very few. I'd be surprised if there were 30. I don't think there were, I don't think 10% of the team was female. That would have been a high number. 
I could speak about that aspect of things. The, you know, my observation and experience of yet again, feminine energy within the masculine structures, specifically feminine energy within masculine structures at a very high level. Because to rise to that level, you got to play that game. And in my experience, that game is very one-sided energetically. It's not taking in to the equation at the same magnitude, the emotional and spiritual side of what it is to be human. And therefore, I would argue that all humans, male and female, existing in those structures are, if they're going to exist, and absolutely if they're going to thrive and succeed, the emotional and spiritual side expressions of their being are going to suffer. And that is part of the shift taking place in our world right now. That is part of the call being made to all of us in our world right now. And that is the call that I'm equipped to answer. And my training (laughs) that took place in the hallways of Microsoft, well, let's just put it this way. It not only launched me into my own company, but it gave me all the tools I would need to then do a similar thing within the existence of Iron Man, which was a much more better suited environment for my personality. As much as I loved Microsoft, as much as I loved that experience, I didn't, I never dreaded going to work. I loved that experience, but I had a hard time seeing where I could fit into a technology based world. I am like completely technologically averse. I don't, I'm not a huge fan. I am uh, as simple. I'm a simple woman. I'm all about doing more with less. And I definitely lean towards person-to-person, more old-school sort of connection than doing so through the technology. So it was hard for me to imagine a role for myself. Now, I have ideas in this little notebook of mine. I had a very specific consulting idea how I could uniquely contribute to the team that I had already spent a year with. And I had spent a lot of time with a lot of the individuals on this team, sitting in their offices, feeling their, some of them, their real passions were not in the Microsoft world. And without going further on that tangent, it was just tremendous, tremendous training for me to once again be in a world where I could fit in, and I was definitely fitting in, but it definitely wasn't where I was supposed to be long-term. Iron Man would be my next step once I started working again for somebody else, and that was after years of being just with my company. And then when I moved back to Florida, I ended up back on the farm as well, so you know we'll integrate that back into the story again somewhere here along the lines too. But Iron Man was everything that Microsoft was, but now imagine that energy outside of it, in an outside work environment applied to a physical mode of business and service as opposed to technological. Just as in a lot, like I worked with some pretty intelligent, intellectually, you know, intelligent folks on the Iron Man circuit. Just a bunch of high energy people like me who you can't sit them at a desk for 60 hours a week. They're not wired to be able to sit at a desk. They have to be moving. So it was so incredible 
to watch a similar type of energy that existed in this high potent field and world of Microsoft and then experience it on the physical side in Iron Man. Both companies, global, worldwide, powerful. And little old me, nameless me, on the bottom of each of their respective pyramids. And now a world that is drastically shifting, where those pyramids very well may not be built back up again as they are collapsing at present. And a lot of people don't know how to live outside of the world of the pyramid. Who are you if you're not associated with your title? Have, when's the last time one of you high-achieving listeners were a nobody? When you walked around or were doing a job or were somebody, were somewhere, you know, where, where you were somewhere where no one knew who you were especially your greatest achievements, where you were just an average person. My experience has been that until and unless you've had that experience, you cannot even imagine to what degree we have become falsely identified with our titles, with our labels, and with our place within a hierarchy as it relates to other human beings. And as such, that is the most limiting aspect of human interaction of all. And trust me when I say it is not a particularly fun place to be when you're kind of calling out the tops of the hierarchies. It's not even calling bullshit on them. It's just like, hey, you ain't all that is. In your world, you are. But can you for once see me as potentially being on your level in my own way? And if you could, what we could do together could be world-changing. And in the most direct way, that is sort of, that's what I stumbled with a little bit when I first started all this on my own seven and a half years ago, fresh out of that Microsoft experience. And at first I had people paying attention when I launched my YouTube channel, but again, I wasn't able to put anything substantial together to try to encapsulate this greater vision. So I, I would, very few people from Microsoft have been connected to anything that I'm doing in years and years. But very similarly in the world of Iron Man, it's going to the top and saying, hey, listen, I get it. I clearly respect you. But what I'm calling bullshit on is you clearly do not respect me on the same level. And they can't because they don't know how to look at me outside of the world of hierarchy. I don't have any of those credentials. In fact, I even remember this is a great example just came to me. I remember going to the Christmas party <laughs> specifically because I had a crush on said vice president. I had a little crush on him. And I arranged to get myself to go as a plus one to one of the full-timers to the company Christmas party, which happened to be the day or two after my birthday that year. And I remember he introduced me to somebody else. Like I, I you know, the other admin that was there, his admin, in fact, my boss, she, I drove with her and 
No, I drove on my own, but I met her there and we like said hello to him. And then he introduced me to somebody else in the little group. And he actually introduced me as being a former division one basketball player, <laughs> which at that time had been, t- what, what year was this? This was 2010, no, 2011. And I hadn't played basketball 12, 13, 14, like, like 16 years. And he's going to introduce me as this is this is Allison. She used to play, you know, she played college basketball. Uh, yeah, 16 years ago, dude. Like I'm a lot more than that. That doesn't define who I am. But but I understand looking back, you know, one I understand that that does say something energetically about me, being that I'm only four eleven and three quarters. That I played Division One basketball. It it does make a minute statement of my energy and. Uh, you know, I mean, just saying that in short and in a level of achievement, but it clearly didn't even come close to touching who I am at my essence. But in that world, those folks seem to not know how to relate to one another unless they can identify with these titles and, and see their equivalent in somebody else's industry or in somebody else's company. And if I'm coming to them without those labels, people don't know how to see me. And from my perspective, hey, if I'm dancing in reality with you, if I'm in your meeting for a year as the lowest person on the, on the pyramid, if I'm in that room with you, I'm at the same energy level in my own way. And I'm telling you what we could see in terms of changed manifestations and an expanded, more beautiful, thriving and loving and enjoying of life happening for so many more. If we could learn how to interact and start small, learning how to interact with one another outside of our titles and labels. And the ones that need the most practice with that, in my experience, in my opinion, are the ones that have been at the top. And the longer that you've been at the higher ends of those spectrums, and I'm talking to all you who started young, like myself, where I was the top student and top athlete everywhere I went all the way until I got to college. That all was, you know, again, I didn't, I wasn't looking for that to be externally validating. I wasn't looking to be made to feel any better. But by virtue of those things, I was definitely seen differently and treated differently on that mainstream path. Thankfully, I had the balance in my home with my parents and my extended family of guiding us to tremendous humility and to never judging or seeing somebody as less than. I'm so grateful for that. But it has definitely been challenging and continues to be challenging to attract the opportunities I'm capable of and I'm deserving of to show what I can do. And the reason I'm having trouble attracting it is because in some way, I'm not saying there's just one reason. What the biggest reason is I haven't gotten to the place energetically where I'm able to receive those opportunities. The work is mine. It's not the fault of anything outside of me. But in the 3D earth-based world, things that are in physical, there's a lot more going on in the unseen world, but you can't deny certain aspects of the seen world. And I'm telling you, it matters that I'm a five foot, under five foot female body who's always played the guy's game. 
I'm one of the guys, but I don't want to be one of the guys anymore. I've been accepted as one of the guys no matter where I go. I want to be seen as an empowered, powerful woman. Challenging in a small female body. Challenging in a world where most powerful women have gotten there by being powerful in the male part of the game. Challenging because I don't have any of the resume things past college. None of my adult life reflects anywhere near the depths of my abilities and skill sets. But it's coming. And the changing times are going to be a tremendous aid. And I am ready. And I have had the best training in I'm going to say in the world. When my journey and spirit has crossed me right at the beginning of the journey, the spiritual awakening journey, in the halls of Microsoft, which inspired me to get solid in the creation of and the existence and establishing myself as my own company, and now present day having five plus years of experience as a contractor within another powerful world global company, called Iron Man, no way any of this is accidental. And as soon as there is just the smallest group of people that can agree to see this perspective from which I see things, just agree that it's not accidental, that anything is possible, And then I've got some of those ideas brewing here, ready to pop, and a plan to integrate those ideas within the existing structures, balancing that of the world of the seen and physical and the much more powerful world of the unseen and guiding the energy, to the creation of something we just don't even know. We don't even know what it looks like yet. But if we want to believe that a world of thriving, a world of cooperation, a world of love, a world of joy and co-creation can exist, it is 100% possible. And I'm going to continue to paint that picture and to work to co-create that reality. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.